0: Bam, I'm so excited for this episode of Whoa That's Good because we got some great people as always but these two I know are going to give so much great advice so welcome to the podcast Jeremy and AD Camp
1: thank you
2: 80 and sadie
0: Sadie. we're destined to be friends i know exactly (laughs) well i'm so excited to have you on the podcast really the last time i saw y'all i got whooped and ping pong by jeremy so that stunk but this is gonna be way more (laughs) redeeming i think i've seen y'all since at different things at winter jam which we always say winter jam brings everyone together does it not oh it really does it
1: does even when i defeat Sadie at Ping Pong has still brought us together as friends. It still <laughs> brings
0: you together. It's like most of my friends somehow connect back to Winter Jam. So that's how totally. I met most people in my so life. True. So funny. Really? Yeah, no, it's so funny. Like, because I lived in Nashville for three years and like, out of my friend group, like my closest friends, bridesmaids in my wedding, most of us met through Winter Jam somehow.
1: Are you serious? <laughs> that's
0: amazing. So weird. Yeah, that's weird. So shout out to Eddie Carswell and the Winter Jam people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I want to ask y'all the question we ask everybody, and I'm really looking forward to hearing some of y'all's advice. But what is the best piece of advice that you two have ever been given?
1: Well, on a funny note, I'll say this: a happy <laughs> wife is a happy life. Yeah. You know, so that's always... <laughs> But this is on a real practical level. My dad says something to me that has stuck with me until this day and will always be with me. He said, "Don't just do the work of the Lord and forget about the Lord of the work." Mm. And you know what he's saying is, we get so busy sometimes doing you know, stuff for the Lord, but our relationship with him can suffer. Mm -hmm. And he's like, don't get so busy. And so I think that's, that to me is one of the best advices I ever got.
0: That's so good. Yeah. I need to hear that. It's so true. It's like you get so busy and it's like God's in everything, but then it's like, no, but also take some time to like, just focus on who God is like, man, I need to hear that. It's so good.
1: No, it's something that I continue to abide by today because all of us were so busy doing things. Right. And God's just like, I don't want to lose my first love. Mm-hmm. You know, in Revelation, we're talking about the church that looks great on the outside, but their relationship, they've lost their first love. I don't want to do that. So
2: that's so good. Wow. So good. Ady, what about you? Yeah, I think for me, I feel like I've received so much good advice, especially from my mom with regards to parenting. And one of the things she once told me was it's not about behavior modification, it's about your child's heart. Mm. And so it's not about like just grooming these perfectly looking children, but losing their hearts in the process. Wow, that's so good. And I think that that really helps me all along the way in parenting, like in every different season through toddler stages and baby stages. And now obviously we've got two teenagers in the house mm-hmm. and um, just remembering it's totally about connecting with their heart right
1: with a thing with our kids and even with each other that we ask each other we don't just say hey how are you doing we go how's your heart because it really kind of makes you stop and think
0: i love it
1: you know what i mean it makes you kind of stop yes. and go wait wait how am i really doing not just like how you doing <laughs> you know and that's just so key
0: yeah because then you'll just say good yeah
1: oh easy
0: that is so good yeah so crazy you say that last night Christian and I were talking, and you know I mean, once you get married, you have like all these random talks about a family one day, and Christian was like, What's something that like you love that your parents did and how they parented' And I was like, I love how I always knew I could go to them and like actually talk to them about what I was going through. And I feel like a lot of kids like fear going to their parents because like they're going to get in trouble or they're going to get like judged or they just like don't have the outlet for them to just really listen. And like, yes, my parents disciplined, but at the same time, my parents like were so understanding. And with that, like understanding and the wisdom they'd speak into me, like they were the people I wanted to go to. Yeah, exactly. And that created that heart connection for me. And it made me like a lot better of a person because I was able to receive wisdom from like my parents and like going off and like learning it from friends or school because I trusted them yes, and that they were really going to love me through it. And so I love that. I love that heart connection. That's so great. Yeah. I want to talk to y'all about a lot of stuff because y'all put out so much good stuff. Um, but one, I have to say, the movie, I still believe, it is amazing. Oh,
1: like, thank you so much. Like,
0: absolutely amazing. Of course, Christian and I are crying watching it. It's just such <laughs> a powerful story. And I just feel like God, I mean, it literally is like anointed. Like, oh, you oh. feel the presence of the Lord. There's so much richness in it. I was taking so many notes. But there was this part at the end of the movie that I actually want to talk talk about because I I think even right now with what the world's going through, obviously, like we're in a global pandemic. It's kind of a crazy time. And the father in the movie at the very end said these three things that I think relate to what we're all going through. And I want to touch on it. So your character in the movie, I guess, Jeremy, after your wife had passed away, he said, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. My love, your dad touched on three things, really. He touched on Disappointment and how like you can be disappointed in different things that happen in your life and he touched on Dreams big dreams that don't work out that don't come to be and he talked about not understanding what's going on Yes, and I feel Mm -hmm. like right now in the world. We're all facing Disappointment (laughs) We're facing big dreams being canceled and not understanding why. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to like, kind of ask you alls advice on going through hard things like that and having faced disappointments, having faced dreams, not working out and not understanding why God does certain things. How have y'all applied your faith into those moments? And like, what have you learned from God in the midst of it?
1: Yeah, I love how he said, my life is, is not full despite my disappointments. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, well, because of them. And
0: yeah, that was so good.
1: And it's, I think, such a moment because my dad is, he's like that. He's the one that said, don't do the work of the Lord and forget about the Lord of the Word. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. that kind of one liner thing.
0: Such good advice. That are
1: so good. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, you have to understand that this is one thing that I've, I've realized in my walk with the Lord is Jesus never promised that we wouldn't go through trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. In John 16, he says, you know, I say these things to you that you will have peace. Mm-hmm. In this world, you will face trials of many kinds. And so there should be this understanding like, hey, don't be caught off guard. We live in a fallen world. And in a fallen world, you're going to have hardships, you know, because this is not our home. This is a temporary dwelling place. He goes, but take heart, take heart because I've overcome the world. Right. And so I've learned that part of life and part of what we deal with here living on this earth is suffering Mm -hmm. and suffering is actually a necessary part no one likes to hear this but suffering is a necessary part of growth Mm. you got to think about the examples in the bible i'll give you you know the the gold being refined through fire so it's purified or the potter shaping the clay and and i'm sure it, it hurts really bad you're like if the clay could talk you know, the clay would say that you're hurting me. You're pushing me this way and pushing me that way. and You're tearing off pieces, you know? Right. But what the potter's doing, what God's doing is creating this beautiful masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And suffering was why we have salvation. Like think about Jesus on the cross. If there wasn't suffering, if it wasn't that death, mm-hmm. then we wouldn't have the forgiveness of our sins. So it was a necessary part of our salvation.
0: Yeah, it's so true.
1: But then there was resurrection. And that's the one thing that I'm giving all these like, Hard things, but there's always the end result is beautiful. Gold is purified and it's beautiful. The clay had the pottery that's made is beautiful, and then Christ resurrected. There's a resurrection at the end of of this death, and I believe that God's going to resurrect a lot of people and their relationships with Him in the midst of the suffering.
0: That's so good, man. I'm like, does anybody want to do an altar call right now? <laughs> like, during your car, <laughs> respond? Yeah. No, seriously, it's so good. I mean, you just wrapped up the. Beautiful aspect of suffering, so so well. I mean, I feel like a lot of people might need to rewind that and listen to that again. Yeah, I love in the movie it says, Suffering doesn't destroy faith, it refines it. And that's really what you just touched on it. It refines our faith. And there's so much in the Bible about how we're going to go through it, but we still seem so caught off by it, right. or weekly for six weeks, depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great. Or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at KiwiCo.com slash Sadie Rob Summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at KiwiCo. K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Sadie Rob Summer. Y'all just posted this YouTube video. I watched it like three times, and the song is like going in my head over and over again. But y'all wrote a song, "Whatever May Come." Yes. And mm. first of all, y'all sound amazing together. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Oh, thank you. If me and Christian could sing like that, we'd never stop singing. <laughs> but y- y'all were the right people to have the voices. Y'all sound amazing. But I love the message. I just want to ask a question about like writing song stuff. Do y'all just sit down in these moments and like kind of collaborate together? Is that just something y'all love to do or power to y- y'all's marriage?
1: I think us uh, a lot of we like to sing together. A friend of ours asked us to do some songs together and send like a link to them so they can play for their worship service this Sunday. And we're like, absolutely. And I remember as we were singing this together, just us in a room just push and record and it wasn't even live, and we just started Singing and the Holy Spirit, I felt felt so powerful yeah. just with us singing together. Awesome. And so it definitely is something where I feel like when we sing together, there's. I feel like I always tell people this. I like it when my wife sings with me and when she's with me because there's a little bit more of a dose of the Holy Spirit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't know about that, babe.
1: <laughs> a little more anointing on that. I feel like, but yeah, I mean, with that song in particular, I literally woke up and I was really down because you work so hard, blood, sweat, and tears for two years to do this movie and then it comes out and it was the number one movie on a friday night in all america which was like whoa what's happening here and things were really taking off and then all of a sudden you find out that they're closing down theaters Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so i really was just like it was very difficult kind of transition and expectation that got kind of slammed and i kind of had to repent And I woke up and just said, okay, God, I'm going to run to you because you're the only source of everything that I need. And so that song just birthed out of that. And I told Adrian, I said, hey, do you want to just sing this with me? And we'll just kind of encourage people because, you know, right now there's a lot going on. And literally God, he's used that song. We we posted on our Facebook and it reached like 10 million people and, and like a weeks time and we were like wait what in the world was that yeah it's because we didn't try
0: Come on. we weren't
1: trying to like market a song it was just god breathed this song and we just put it out there and god has been using it and so we're kind of like well maybe we should record it i guess and then i'm like you know who cares it is recorded yes it's like it is recorded
0: (laughs) that is so cool like you know what i've seen that so many times with god it's the ones that i don't try at all totally (laughs) and then i'm just like oh i just feel like the lord wants me to do this and i just put it out real fast and like i like put my phone down not even look and then i'll look back and it's like a million people and you're like what (laughs) but i I, like i read this verse in psalms and it talks about if you're doing all these things and it's not done in the lord then it's like done in vain yes but it talks about how like he gives peace to the ones that just like rest and let him do the work. I can't say it exactly right. Cause I haven't like studied that verse. I just read it no, and I was like, so man, good, that's though. so powerful because like, it's true. It's like the times that like I work really hard and I get anxious and I do all these things and I don't sleep at night. Like that's the times that it's like, it's just my own work and I'm striving in that and yep. nothing really happens from it. But whenever I'm just like resting in the Lord and there's just stuff that comes from the overflow of the spirit, like those are the things that reach the world. Absolutely. Amen. That's the whole purpose of why we're doing it in the first place for the people to reach the Lord. And so of course he'll go after them with those things. And so it's just so cool. I mean, it's so timely. I know that that's such a disappointment with the movie, you know, the timing of that happening, but also it's like, look, God's already using it. And so many people like need the message that y'all put out right now through this movie. And it's crazy. Like, I know this is a real story. And so first of all, I thank y'all for sharing y'all's real story and i know there's a lot of like vulnerability that goes from that thank you and a lot of hard things that come from that and just the retelling of the story but to see even the impact it made in christian's life and just how our spirits were like whoa this movie isn't just about like their story and what they've gone through but this actually is really hitting me in my own personal story and where i'm at because y'all made it so broad it's like if you're going through suffering if you're going through doubt if you're going through not understanding like yeah, I still believe that God is God. And that's the message that we need to hear right now, because that's really the only hope we have right now. And so thank y'all. Y'all's story is oh. touching so many, including us. Thank you. I love how you talk about how like whenever y'all do it together, there's just something better about it. And I know y'all just wrote a marriage book called Unison. And that's pretty cool, because it's kind of what you're talking about, like doing stuff together. Yeah. So unpack that a little bit. What's the book about?
2: And why do you want to write it? Yeah. You know, I think we realized that with the movie and everything, we knew that in a sense, we felt like not the whole world, but you know, the world would be watching us and we wanted to give just a snapshot about our life together. Mm -hmm. We're so passionate about families and about marriages. And we just wanted to bring something hopeful, but something authentic as well, because I think, oftentimes the enemy tries to make us feel like we're alone in something. And I think especially, you know, like when you're first married and you have your first argument, you feel like there's something wrong with us. (laughs) (laughs) And then as you get around other people and you kind of open up and you're transparent, you're going, oh, you struggle with that as well. Mm -hmm. And so we just wanted to, you know, give everybody a snapshot about how we deal with life and how the Lord has gotten us through so many different things. So We talk a little bit about grief. We talk a bit about finances and communication, of course, and conflict. Mm. But we really just believe that there's a power in vulnerability. And so, I mean, there's some stories in there. We're really open about our own struggles and just kind of transparent about some of the things that we've gone through together. Mm. Well, I need to read this book for real.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It says something to me. and, And this has kind of been one of the things I've been sharing a lot because I think it kind of points to what happens in our marriages that cause issues. But she said, one time she pulled me aside and goes, honey, I want to let you know, I love you. You are the one God has for me, the love of my life. All I mean, she starts you know encouraging me. <laughs> I want to let you know that I don't need as much as you think I do. <laughs> and well, what she meant by that, it was what was amazing and freeing. It wasn't like she was saying, don't worry, go do whatever you need to do. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about me. She wasn't saying that. She was saying that Jesus is the one that fulfills all my needs.
0: <laughs> That's so good.
1: I think we live in a culture where we're trying so hard to have the other person fulfill our needs. So true. And when they don't fulfill our needs, what do we do? We get upset and we feel like, you know, everything's falling apart because you're not providing what I need for me. And it's just I, I, I. Yeah. And, you know, really it's Christ is, you know, that old saying that everyone says, you complete me. And it's not true. Christ completes us. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like we walk alongside, we become one. Of course, we walk walk alongside this life together. But Jesus is literally the only one that can provide every single need that we have. And I think Mm -hmm. that when we look to each other to fulfill those, that's when all the conflict happens. You know what I mean?
0: It's so true. It doesn't
1: negate our responsibility either. It doesn't make us go, "Oh, I don't have to do anything because Jesus is everything." That is not the truth. You know? Because I think when you look to Christ, automatically through his power and through the Holy Spirit, your marriage is just better anyway. And you start fulfilling needs that they need.
0: Yeah, so true. I mean, Christian and I got married five months ago almost. I'm like, wait, we, uh, already lost my so thanks. <laughs> thanks so much. So this is like, you know, really a cool thing to be talking about with y'all because all that is I'm like, Yes, yes, yes. Even in this short time, like we've already realized those things are so true. Yeah. Because you start to learn. I mean, there's so much to learn we'll learn for the rest of our life, but you learn really fast a lot of those things that a lot of people told you you're going to learn in your early years of marriage. Totally. Adi, I want to ask you because something that y'all just said, I thought was really cool. And Christian and I have been talking about this a lot lately. It's like how you approached Jeremy when you were going to tell him like, something that you felt like really called to tell him, but at the same time, it was a hard thing to hear. But like you started with the encouragement and we've been talking about like, how do you like disagree or have a different opinion, but also like protect the other person's heart and communicating maybe something hard that you want to share. And so like, what's some of your advice on like communicating hard things within a marriage or a relationship or a friendship when you know, man, this might be kind of direct, but at the same time, like
2: I want to respect that person's heart. Well, to be honest, I've learned oftentimes from from mistakes that I've made. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely speaking from experience because I've done this the wrong way. But I think one of the things that is so important is the right timing. Yeah. Sometimes I think when we're actually in the middle of a conflict situation, there are times to sort of press in and hard conversations. But when you're so emotional and you might be feeling angry with one another, you're not really going to have the most productive conversation. Yeah. And so I've really learned to have to take a step back. And honestly, I think sometimes when we've sort of let some things go and let the moment die down, it's like a circling back around conversations seem to be our most productive. Mm -hmm. And one thing I did try to do, I remember very early on when Jeremy and I were together, I would try to encourage him first and find things that I could say Hey, like you're doing really well in this area and I've really seen this in you. And then I'd say, but if I can sort of speak into something, this would be what it is, you know, and kind of like meet in the middle. Yeah, that's And I think it's important as well for us to realize that we can't just sit and like, look at the other person who needs to change all the time. You know, it's so easy for us to want the change to come from our spouses, right? It's like, oh, it'd be so much better if Jeremy changed in the situation, that would make (laughs) it really easy for me. (laughs) Yeah. But I think just remembering to really ask the question of like, God, what are you trying to show me in this situation? Yeah, that's good. That it isn't always about what he needs to learn, but how can I grow in this? And maybe he is maybe being a jerk one day or whatever it is, (laughs) but how can we sort of, Grow as a team together, you know? Yeah, that's so good. That it's more like an us thing and not a me versus him or my opinion versus his or even my preferences versus his, you know, of just kind of learning to meet in the middle, I think. Yeah. But I do think it is really important to have those conversations because yes too often we sweep things under the rug and then either like things just really grow cold between you or maybe, you know, unforgiveness and resentment or bitterness will grow in your heart. And if we never have those conversations, we're never going to be able to move past those places. Yeah, And so we're huge advocates of like talk, talk it out, talk it through, even if it's hard. And if you need to take a break, take a break. But the commit to figuring it out with each other. Yeah. Yes, that's so good. I love that. Yeah, Christian
0: and I are learning that too. It's like just learning the beauty of like having those conversations because of how much stronger you get and then like staying in those conversations and finishing the conversation and everything. Yes. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's hard, because every time when it's over, you're like, man, like we're so much stronger. Like I feel so much more confident in our marriage and our friendship and where we're at and just in what, and that the Lord's even speaking to us and we're listening. Like there's so much... That we've learned just as the Holy Spirit being your teacher, that's been really, really cool.
1: And when you do that, the reason why you feel stronger and you feel more confident in your marriage is because you're not wondering what the other person is thinking. You actually know. Yeah. Because I think when you're kind of wondering if, like, okay, is everything okay? Then there's the confidence is gone. And you're kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. You kind of walking am I walking on eggshells or what's happening? But when you know, even if it's the hard thing that you had to say, but at least you know how they feel. You know what I mean? And I think that's so key.
2: So true. I love that. It's so important as well to not put the expectation on each other to read each other's minds. Yes. Right. You know, especially as men and women, we think so differently through things and we approach life differently. And emotionally, we're made up of a different makeup. And so mm-hmm. I think it's so important. It's so unfair if I expect Jeremy to read my mind in things. And so I need to learn to come to him and say, hey, like this is bothering me, or this is what I'm thinking, or this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. So true. I love it. That's
0: so good. That's such good advice. Anybody who's like engaged, about to get married, because I know we have a lot of like brides following along, take that (laughs) advice because it's really good advice. This is something that I get asked all the time. And a lot of times when I'm getting like a question like consistently through DMs or whatever, or we have an online subscription called LOFAM where we actually like read people's questions and try to speak into it. Yeah. A lot of times when I feel like not very qualified to speak into something, they're asking or I'm like, hmm, let me say something, but hang on. I'm, the thought's not complete. If I have some on the podcast, I feel like it would be good to answer. I kind of just shoot it to you also. I want to ask you what y'all think about this because we get this question all the time people say like how do I wait for the person that I'm gonna marry like it's so hard like I get impatient or I settle or I'm dating this guy I know he's not the one or whatever how do I wait for that person and you know y'all's story and you kind of hit it at the very end of the movie and it's like so crazy how y'all met and stuff. How do you find rest in waiting for the person that God's going to bring to you and waiting on the right time and the right person for it to come? I guess in y'all's own experience, y'all have any advice in that?
2: Yeah, it is hard to wait, right? We live in such a quick society. I talk to my kids all the time about their relationship with the Lord. And I'm like, make sure that you don't think about Jesus as drive through Jesus. You know, it's like You pull up at the McDonald's drive-thru and you order and you get what you want. You know what I mean? And so much about life really is learning character in the waiting. And sometimes I think we idolize relationships so much that it becomes, we almost obsess about it and we obsess about finding the right person. And honestly, when Jeremy and I met, neither one of us were actually looking. Mm. We both had obviously relationships before. And I just feel like, it was almost when I finally had gotten to that place where I had just said, Jesus, I want the season to be you and me, yep. you know, and I really had, like, <laughs> I had totally committed in my heart so much so that when Jeremy came along and it was sort of like, oh my gosh, I don't want this one to go. I don't want to let him go. But I really, I had a time of prayer with the Lord of like, Lord, but I thought the season was supposed to be just you and me. <laughs> and I just felt like the Lord say, "I'm, he's a gift, like I'm bringing him to you, you know, Wow. And I promise you, I wouldn't have picked Jeremy. Like, he was totally (laughs) not my type when I first met him. And same with him. Like, we were not each other's types at all. That's true. (laughs) That's
0: so funny.
1: Like, literally, it was... She was the rocker chick, and it wasn't, like, my you know my thing at all and, <laughs> and i was kind of like the i used to play sports and she wanted the very artistic surfer guy and i'm like that's not that me is I'm not like,
2: <laughs> awesome i think sometimes we think we know exactly what we need yeah and we also think we know the timeline and so it's sort of like we've kind of created this box and we're like okay god when are you going to check it for me you know what i mean yeah and god just doesn't work that way and i think first and foremost what we've learned is your relationship with Jesus is the most important thing. And when you're married, you want a strong relationship with Jesus. Your identity has to be found in him. Mm-hmm. You can't look for your identity to be found in one another, you know? Yeah. And so focus on your relationship with the Lord. It's like seek first the kingdom and all these other rad things will be added, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's like focus on dealing with your heart with the Lord, being mature as a believer in your heart with the Lord. And I really do believe that he will bring the right person in the right time.
1: Yeah. Amen.
0: So true. I love it, y'all. That is so crazy. That is like sounds exactly like my story with Christian. Really? Literally, the day before we met, I like was talking to all my friends, and I was like, "I just feel like I need to just like be alone with the Lord for a while, and like I don't need to date anybody." All this stuff, totally. Yeah. To the point that they recorded me say it so that they would hold me to it. The next day, I meet Christian, and I wasn't even thinking. Like I was like, I, I thought he was so cute, and. I remember telling my friends, "Just like delete the video. He's so cute." Like, I was like, "Shoot!" But then I was like, "No, like I, I don't need to date anybody." And so we like just started talking, like not like talking. How you know most people are like, "Oh, talking and then dating." Like we were just like talking <laughs> on the phone and like getting to know each other. And I was like, "Oh, but I thought this was like I wasn't supposed to date anybody." And so Christian asked me on a date at the end of July, and I said, "Yeah, um, you can take me on a date." in September (laughs) and he was like um okay and I was like I just needed time to just be like wait god I thought I really felt like I heard it clearly all this stuff and I just felt it was so weird I felt so much peace about it every time I prayed I just felt like I wasn't supposed to stop talking to him and getting to know him and then he ended up being the one and it was right when I stopped looking and same thing like I would not like we always say we're a match made of heaven because nobody would have picked us to be together because we're very (laughs) different and like like we had mutual friends. They were like, we never saw that coming, but it was just the <laughs> right, it was just the right timing, and who God had him finally. Whenever I was like, okay, I'm done searching and idolizing, like you said, relationships and thinking. This is the way it's supposed to look or supposed to be. That's amazing. And just let God, you know, have his way. And so that's so cool. That advice is like exactly what I experienced too. That's awesome. That's
1: so good. Well, I think until we find our contentment in Jesus, yeah. If you're trying to find contentment in a relationship, then when you get that relationship, you're going to realize, oh, that doesn't fulfill me. Great. Yeah. Don't get to that point, you know, because it's, it's Christ. So
2: that's so true.
1: So good. I love yeah,
2: it. Yeah. Our society, is so the like they lived happily ever after, and it's really it's not true. You know, you've got two imperfect people yep. living in a in a house together, and it's just it's like you can. Rub each other so wrong sometimes, and so it's so important that you have a strong relationship with the Lord. So good.
0: That's so true, y'all. I'm loving this. All right, I'll ask you one more, just fun question. Um, you know, y'all talked about loving to sing together. What are some other things that y'all love to do together? Because you know, right now in this time, especially with everybody being quarantined, people are like, "What do we do?" Like, give us some ideas. So, what have y'all been (laughs) uh, enjoying doing together and as a family?
1: One of the things that we love game wise, Settlers of Catan or Catan, whatever you want to call it. You ever played that before? It's, no, I it's haven't. It's like a nerd game, but it's amazing. <laughs>
2: totally nerd fest. <laughs> but it's, I love but it. it's
1: amazing. And then Major Rummy as well. We like, we'll sit down and just play Major Rummy together.
0: Oh, I love Rummy. We haven't played that yet. Yes. Okay, that is good. So See, this fun. is why I asked because I'm like secretly, I just want to know, like, what game should I be playing? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs>
1: we played cornhole the other day oh yeah we'll sit and
2: play that for hours yeah awesome we've gone on a couple bike rides love it yes
1: because they allow us to go on bike rides here so we can still do that we just have to stay away from people so you know (laughs) we're being very cautious don't worry yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly totally
0: that's awesome yeah we've been playing a lot of uh, have y'all heard of spicy uno no. no
1: spicy Uno.
0: Okay, it is so fun. So it's the like normal Uno cards, but it's like all these added rules. I mean, it is hilarious. Oh, we've played that before. We it's call called called it crazy, crazy Uno. Uno. Crazy yeah. Uno. Okay, yeah, we call it yeah. spicy Uno. We've had That's so awesome. much fun, I and mean, it gets personal, but it is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny.
1: I think one of our first fights was playing cards, right, honey? Is that right? It
0: was playing Yuca. Yeah. <laughs> It totally
1: was. Yeah, that one of our so... first big fights.
0: That really makes it come out, doesn't it? I know, because the problem with spicy, you know, is you can pick who you skip. And so if Christian skips <laughs> oh, me, it's like, are you serious? For it's real? It's personal,
1: right? That exactly. Personal. exactly. That's <laughs> so
0: funny. Well, Jeremy and Adi, y'all are awesome. Thank you again for sharing your story, sharing your advice, and just being a light to the world during this time. Keep writing songs and singing together and just being who y'all are. It's definitely making an impact on so many, and I'm so thankful. Thankful. And also, next time I see y'all, I hope there's a ping pong table around
2: because we're going back (laughs) out. Well, thank y'all so much.
1: Thanks, Sadie. Appreciate you having us. It's been awesome.
2: Thanks for having us. It's so good to chat with you. And God bless you. Thank you.
0: Wow. What a good podcast of so much good advice. Jeremy and AD Camp, those two people are amazing and their story definitely inspires me. Now let's get to some, whoa, that's good.
3: Many people are going to be camping out on this podcast for a while.
0: Oh my gosh. Literally Christian just took the mic for me to say that. So I hope you guys appreciate that joke. He's been really into puns lately. Uh, I don't know if it's a quarantine thing or if it's just your new thing. Uh, what, what, what is all this about, babe?
3: I just saw my opportunity, so I took it.
0: You know what? I like that. Yeah, that That's good advice for there. If you see an opportunity, take it. So now we're reading with wisdom our... wisdom
3: and discernment.
0: With wisdom and discernment, yes. Now we're reading our good and bad advice from the What Is Good Instagram. And so let's just read through some of these DMs, babe. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Set your expectations low. That way you won't be disappointed.
3: Mm, I don't know if that's necessarily good advice because a lot of times, you know, me and you talk about it's not healthy to set expectations. And then when you realize the person can't meet them, but I don't know about necessarily like intentionally, like setting low expectations.
0: I think that's bad advice. Like don't set low expectations just because you're afraid of disappointment. Like I think expectations aren't good in any sense. Like you don't want to set too high expectations because then like, you know, it's just not fair to put expectations on someone or something or whatever. Or you really shouldn't set low expectations because then you're just cheating yourself. But just like, you know, I think the main thing without the reason why you could not set an expectation would have to be you just have to be content with where you're at.
3: That's great.
0: All right. Next thing. Don't take no for an answer.
3: Bad advice.
0: Yeah, sometimes you got to take no for an answer. Sometimes it's a no. I mean, I definitely think you should fight for what you believe in. And if you feel like, This is what I'm supposed to do, whatever. But sometimes, like, a no is a no, and that's okay.
3: Yeah, that's so true. Sometimes you got to just move on.
0: All right. Next one. Do your best and leave the rest. I would like to add da 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 to God.
3: What is that implying?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Guys, we are dependent on you in this segment of the podcast. We need y'all to send in some good and bad advice to what that's good because this is what we're getting. I'm just reading, I'm just reading from the DMs. All right, here, how about this? The best resolution is the one you'll do. (laughs) I don't get that one either. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Failure (laughs) is not an option.
3: Depends on how you define failure, you know? I think that sometimes knowing when to stop pursuing something is wise. But I also think that sometimes people can have the mentality of, like, you know, never failing, never failing, and really losing it all because they, like, have that mindset. I don't know.
0: I think this is the thing with failure. You actually have to acknowledge that failure is an option because I think sometimes, like, You'll be like, oh, well, I can just, you know, do whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like, no, actually, you will fail if you don't study. You don't do your work. You don't work hard and all those different things. So it can happen to you if you don't work hard. I think if you start something, you should, you know, work at it with all your heart. As if working for the Lord, not for to, You want to work hard. You want to accomplish something. You want to finish something strong. There's something really important to that. I think if you're giving it all you got and you fail... Then hey, that's okay. But if you slacked, or you didn't get everything you had, and you failed. Like I think that that is like not living to our full potential. You know?
3: Yeah, that's such. And realistically, everyone's gonna fail at something. So yeah. if you always just tell yourself failure is never an option, then you're just deceiving yourself.
0: Failure is definitely definitely an option out there. It's not the best option. You don't want to choose failure, but it happens.
3: It happens. It happens to the best of us.
0: All right, last one. You got to be a friend to have a friend.
3: Good advice. So Jesus said. Not word for word, but
0: I'm about to say, "Oh, uh, when did Jesus say that?" John.
3: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, it's so true. I mean, you know, like that's kind of like what we talked about with your dad the other day. You know, give and take. Um, you know, you definitely got to give to friendships and just to being a good friend. And like what we say, you know, reap what you sow. If you're going to sow good friendships, you're going to reap those good friendships in return.
0: True. Good advice, babe. All right, that's all we got for this. Good thing Jeremy and AD really brought it because we were a little off. We
3: were a little off today. Thank you, Jeremy.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, we love you guys. Be back next Wednesday.
3: Go grab your tents and come camp out.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs>